You're listening to Wow Ergonomics with Graham Cove and Stephen Howe. Da, 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 da. We're on the beach today, Stephen. Hi, everybody. It's wow Ergonomics. There I am in front of a rather luscious daiquiri. Um, just saying that it's about the same size as me, so that would be a nice way to go, wouldn't it? You know, dr- drowning in a daiquiri. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. So there we go. Here we really are. Oh, look at that. There we go. That's look, I thought we'd have that biophilia. The um the moss screens that we discussed last week. Yeah, I thought I thought, you know, do you know what? We ought to bring a bit of that biophilia into our own studio. Does it does it immediately make you feel more associated with nature? Um no. But it looks good. And it, it did looks, have as I say, it, it looks good. As I say, it's it's a really interesting one. I'd be keen to see when I head back down there next to see <laughs> the still um, okay. Is has it slidden off and is sort of half on the desk and half hanging on? But I was assured it stays on. So, um, yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. As I say, when it gets very warm down there, I wonder if it starts to get a little bit um, pungent, as you say. Yeah. I wonder whether they could actually make the desk out of cardboard as well and just see whether it, you know, could grow into the desk. Yeah. <laughs> how much How much of your desk is left after, after this is growing across it? Yeah. Hi, Chris. Nice. Thanks for joining today. Very green. It is very green. Yeah, he's not certain about it, though, with that emoji. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, I'll tell you what, it's it's a wonderful idea. and I, But I also like the idea of ping pong over desks as well, with that, that middle bit. Why? Don't, in fact, for Wimbledon, you know, what they should have done is just come up with nets. Yeah. That you could raise or lower with that, you know, the little handle. That would be nice, wouldn't it? You'd have to be very skillful to play ping pong over those because you've virtually got to send the ball down and then send it vertical to get up. So, yeah, almost like a mini sort of Wimbledon moss net is what you're saying, Graham, sort of half the size and just play across the desk. Well, I don't know that you'd have the moss on the Wimbledon net because, you know, Wimbledon's quite pristine. But you could just have it like a, Yeah, you could have strawberries and cream. You could have a little receptacle in, in the left-hand side of your desk. Um, or it could be right... Why, yeah. why am I making assumptions about handing? You could have a little receptacle to to put your strawberries and cream in, and and your flute of champagne, mm. or is it champagne these days, or is it prosecco? Don't prosecco. know. Mm. It's prosecco, isn't it? Everyone's moved over from champagne. Nobody really liked champagne, did they, in the first place? That's the thing. No, you I know, don't really like either. To be quite honest, I find them both that both too dry for my palate. So I wouldn't say I like either really. Well, you say that, but then there there was someone on LinkedIn the other day that was talking about a prosecco that's available at a certain discount supermarket okay. that's actually really quite nice and sweet. Oh, four ninety nine a bottle. There you go. And I was thinking, oh, that's that's the answer for Christmas then because. We do the same every year. We get a bottle of champagne or, or for New Year. We get a bottle of champagne or Prosecco. And it's mm. the excitement of it is better than the, the actual tasting of it. Yeah. You know, once once that pop's gone and it's like, yay. And then it's like, oh. down the drain the next <laughs> yeah. day when no one's touched it. Back to the beer. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the cocktails. Oh, there you go. So, what's been happening this week then, Stephen? Any any news stories that glinted in your eye? I mean, I've well, I've been having a whopping week on the polls this week. 
I'll, I'll come to that in a minute. But anything, yeah. anything caught your eye this week? Oh, I think, well, we, we, the football, we can't avoid. I guess both on and off the pitch and in the stands, there's been so many stories from the football. I mean, obviously, the, the disappointment on the pitch, the shenanigans in the stands with people pushing their way in and people with tickets having to sit in the aisles, the, the online stuff with the appalling you know, racist comments being put towards some of the England players. I mean, I mean, that was just almost everywhere you look, a certain element of that football match has taken up the news, hasn't it? So whether it's the front back front pages, the back pages, so many stories sort of spinning off that. And that one will just sort of carry on rolling for uh, quite rightly for a for a while, I guess. And it's spilled into politics and there's there's footballers arguing with home secretaries and calling out prime ministers and you know so much from that one alone, really, Graham, isn't there? And there's, you know, as I say, there's your polls, of course. Um, returning to the office and public transport, face masks are all favourites. So, I mean, there is so much to... It, it's actually one of those weeks. Some weeks, we don't struggle some weeks for stories, but maybe we have to be sort of have a, have a think about them. This week, list as long as your arm, isn't it, really, for, for things we could cover on the show today? Yeah. Well, let's start with the football then. The football... It was it was a disappointing end mm. to to a wonderful run, but it was a wonderful run, and I think that's the thing to say. It was a it was a great run. It's better than we've done for an awful long time. Mm. It's a very young team. This team yeah. are going to go on to the World Cup without a shadow of a doubt. I do hope Southgate continues because I think he he did a marvelous job. Mm. Um, you know and. Yeah, people could knock him over that decision as to who was going to take the penalties forever in the day. But look, at the end of the day, think about it. You're, you're one man standing in front of a goal with a ball in yeah. front of, you know, with you know that the, the whole of the nation's thinking you're going to miss. I mean, <laughs> I couldn't do it. No. I'll I tell you what I would do, to be, to be honest, to be frank, I'll just toe punt it. Do you remember at school they used to yeah. say, "Don't stop toe punting the ball." Yeah, kick it with the the front. Of your... Yeah, but I tell you what, toe punting worked. Yeah, <laughs> it would have taken it would have taken the goalkeeper in the net with it. I think. Well, having said that, that guy was a giant, so probably wouldn't. But well, do you know what? I, I that was always my technique at school when mm. it came to penalties. It was like, do you know what? You can do all your fancy stuff for all you like. You can. You can try and put a little bit of curve in it or anything else. No, just hit it really damn hard towards mm. the goal, you know, because it's fairly big a goal. Yeah. <laughs> right. So you're not going to miss the goal, but just punt it really hard, you know, and, and make make the keeper make a mistake. That's the thing. Mm. Um, so there you go. Guys, if, if uh, you know, you're looking for someone to help you, before next uh, the next tournament, if you don't know where it's gonna is going, neither will the keeper. Mm. Exactly that. That's yeah. the thing. I heard mm. Alan Shearer talk about it on the um, on the down low afterwards, and he was going, you know, you, what you do is he he always used to try and look the opposite direction from where you know. And people said, well, Rashford may have missed it because he was actually trying to look at you know look there rather than look at what mm. his foot was doing. No, just. Just look at whatever you need to do to hit that ball really hard and toe punt it. I think the only the only criticism you could give Southgate would be, were we brave enough 
with a lot of the good young players that we've got in attacking positions, yep. were we really brave enough? Because, you know, if you look back at that game, we got to half time playing quite well. And the first 20 minutes that, well, in, you could tell within the first five minutes of the second half that we were, we were a bit on the rack and getting pushed back and back and back. Could we have been a little bit braver? You know, maybe had we, had we actually put someone more attacking on the pitch to keep the ball away from our goal would it relieve some of the pressure I just felt the atmosphere on the TV seemed to drop because we were just defending and defending and, and you, you you sort of in the back of your mind knew what was going to happen so if he's learned anything from this maybe just be a bit braver because I almost think had we got the second yeah. there was no way back for them yeah there you go agree when we scored we should have pushed and got a second mm. Yeah, I think so. Maybe what we should have done, because that would have surprised them, is, yeah. you know, right at the last minute, because we had to for the penalties, where we put all of those that the attacking squad on, we should have done that. <laughs> right <laughs> right as we went into extra time, it's like, yeah. now, right, we're going to just go for it now. Yeah. Right? We we, we, we don't need a defence. We don't need a defence. We just, we, we've got Pickford. He's great. Yeah, mm. here, 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 save it. It's brilliant. He knows. I mean, look, and especially as they're fit enough, those those guys running up and down the pitch like, you know. And again, I have to say, you know, it's really easy for all of us middle-aged mm. people sat at home <laughs> who couldn't run the length of that pitch once without panting <laughs> to criticise these yeah. footballers. But let's be fair, they were like running and running and mm. up and down like nobody's business, you know. Mm. Um, my son said they should put you on dad and I said why, why is that he said just just to sh- show how good they are <laughs> <laughs> if you think we're bad look at this guy yeah <laughs> look at this look at this guy he can't even keep up with the play <laughs> yeah. so oh, there you go no it's great how many people what I want to know is how many people over that weekend before the football happened went out and had a kickabout that's what I want to know. How many people got got the football out, dusted the football off, and went out and had a kick about? Because I, I I reckon it was hundreds. We had, we had them here. We've got a, we've got a green field, um, a, a, a shared space in front of the house, and uh, loads of kids. They re- even one load actually brought their own goal uh, goalpost with them. Oh, nice proper goalpost and put them up in the field, or whatever. And they were football. Where they pinched it from, Graham? No, they ha- own it at oh, home. Okay. They, oh, okay. Yeah, they literally have one at home. But they, yeah, it's because it's posh like that. Um, and then, <laughs> you know, no jumpers for goalposts around here. No. Yeah, they put it out in a, they put it out in the green space, and and people were having a, a massive go. And 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 I heard people doing that thing that I remember us doing as kids. I don't know whether you did, but it was like, yeah, uh, and it's. Uh, yeah, it's Rashford on the ball and he's passing to Grealish. Grealish is like, yeah, you're pretending to be the players as well. How cute, isn't it? Yeah, nice. Nice. How cute. Yeah. Who did you used to pretend to be when you were a lad, when you played football? Oh, there's a point. Um, you see, I always used to play in goal, you see. So I'm, I'm trying to think back to those sort of, um, uh, I don't know. I, 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 well, I support Sunderland, which is, you know, a, a, a real cross to bear. So England getting beat is sort of water off a duck's back to me. But used to be a goalkeeper for Sunderland in the late 80s, early 1990s called Tony Norman, who was a bit of a, 
a, a, a sort of a, a cult hero. So I guess somebody like that maybe would have sort of been someone I'd have liked. Chris Woods, the old um, uh, England and Rangers goalkeeper, played for Sheffield Wednesday as well, I think. So some, I, I'd be talking Did sort of... Did you play goal quite a lot? Yeah, I used to play, yeah. I mean, sort of at, at school and then sort of probably into my early 20s, sort of Sunday pub league football. So uh, it's one of those positions where you'd always get a game and you'd always get to play the whole game. So, you know, it was one of those things where, you oh, hang on a second. There's no need for that. <laughs> Odessa says someone has to support Underland, I guess. Yeah. She had to Honestly. put the gap in there between the S and the Underland, you see. You know, you come on to, to a show like this and you confess about having to carry that cross for your life and then someone puts the boot in. So um, I'll... Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, on the odd occasion when I played goal, because I wasn't very good mm. at, in goal, I, I used to pretend I was Pat Jennings. Pat Jennings? Yeah. Yeah, Pat Jennings. But out front, it might have been Robson, I think. Brian Robson. Brian Robson. Mm. Yeah. Classic. Always yeah. remember. Because that's the thing. It, Brian Robson's... Um, that, that goal that was scored, that was quicker than Robson's goal, wasn't it? Do you remember the famous Robson, or was it? No, Robson that, scored in about 17, was it 17 or 20 seconds? That was yeah, in it was Spain, so quick, Spain. Was that Spain yeah. 82? Did we score against France, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that was amazing, that goal. Right foot or left? That's an interesting question to be asked. Mm. Right foot or left? I, 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 I'm actually quite good with both feet if it's, if it's shooting. If it's, okay. if, it's actually, if it's actually taking a kick, yeah. I, I, two-footed? I, I'm two-footed. Yeah. Yeah. I if you're asking me about dribbling, I I wear a bib. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So there you go. I think we've done the football. I think we've done think the football. So. Yeah. But it, no, it was a great game. Um mm. the just on the racism side, dreadful. Mm. Absolutely dreadful. And I, I'm pleased to see um I'm pleased to see the responses that that's getting across the different social media to attack those people that that, that came out with that. I know a lot of um, a lot's been levied at, at some of the stuff that went on on Twitter. I didn't actually see any of the negative stuff on Twitter. All I've seen on Twitter are people, mm. you know, coming out against the negative stuff. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad to say I'm not connected to anybody that's um, mm. a racist pig. So that that's good. I'm interested, Graham. I know, we, I, you know, we, it's sort of tying it not back to ergonomics, but the workplace. But but I wonder where um, this sort of identifying these people and the repercussions from a work perspective come, because, you know, I saw there was someone, I think the guy, was it Foxton's, who were the biggest state agents? There was a guy there who had been suspended. I've just read before we came on that they reckon there was a number of Portsmouth Football Club are investigating a WhatsApp group amongst their under-18s players where comments were allegedly on there. Again, sort of bringing it back to the workplace. I wonder I wonder where this, you know, what, what impact does that have? What what powers do employers have around, around this sort of thing? You know, will people, you know, they think they're just being clever and actually they're not, they're being racist. But I wonder if the implications go beyond social media and whether it then starts impacting their careers, their work, you know, where does it, wonder what, you know, I guess probably some of our, our sort of friends in the legal area would be better to advise or maybe HR, but but where do the implications go beyond the online punishment? For, for well, I hope business? it does. Mm. I hope it does. You know, I mean, I, I think part of that will be to do with your contract, won't it? 
you know, if it's in if it's in your contract that you you know you mustn't do anything of a certain nature or make any sort of remarks on on any mm. kind of social media platform, um, maybe actually it'd be a wake up call to a lot of employers about that. And actually, funnily enough, that that takes us on to another subject of one of my polls this week, which was. Okay. Who's controlling your LinkedIn profile? Okay. <laughs> because it's a similar thing. I asked that as a question because I, I wonder for so so many people whether it's actually them that's controlling their LinkedIn profile or whether it is actually the company that they work for. Okay. And it, and it was interesting. Uh, someone commented very early on in that poll that we, we won't find out from this poll because obviously the ones where they're being controlled aren't actually going to vote in this poll, which which was a very good point. But um, yeah, no, I think it's an, it's a really interesting idea. And some people, you know, uh, contacted me personally as a result of that poll to say, I am being controlled at the moment. I, I really mm. dislike it immensely. The fact that I'm not allowed to say anything that I really believe in, on on the, this platform um and thank you for raising this as an issue but it but it's interesting where where does the boundary of that you know where does it stop when when is it all right and when is it not all right it amazes me that people know how unpopular and dangerous these comments are and still have the balls to put them out in a group chat with their bosses yeah i think so i think so i mean clearly you can understand any business wanting to have guidelines for their staff and and perhaps writing that into a contract to say if you put out anything that's racist or you know uh, uh, you know ha having a go deflammatory of anybody on on any social media you you know there will be consequences mm -hmm. in terms of your job i think that's i think that's absolutely right um but in terms of controlling someone's output and saying well i only want you to connect with mm. these people or i only want you to comment on this etc is that right and mm. is that any good for a business that's what i would say hi darren hi darren's the chap i was talking to you about darren's got darren's going to be coming on here in a few mm. weeks time hi darren darren's the human lie detector just a quick, quick, just a quick point on that, Graham. Again, you know, we don't want to sort of dwell on it for the whole session, but I saw a couple of these people who were sort of saying who'd been accused of making these remarks. Their defence was their account had been hacked. Now, the thing that springs to mind is that's a very easy comment to sort of make, but but actually, I wonder, you know, how easy is it? I mean. I know it's a, a pretty obvious defence, but I wonder if the, any of these people are actually genuine. Have their accounts been hacked? I, I'm sure they're not, but it, they, they're using that line of defence. So I wonder how they think that's going to be acceptable. Is this something we see amongst Facebook and LinkedIn on a regular basis that accounts are quite easily hacked? Or is this just, mm, hang on a second, I've got rumbled here. I'm going to going to throw out that, that defence and see if it sticks. Well, surely that's going to, that is going to get, detected isn't it i mean someone's going to be able to follow that through and find yeah. out I'll, I'll tell you what we need we need a, we need our friend darren darren who will be on in a few weeks time hi yeah. guys um here soon here soon work out whether they're lying or not yeah mm. it just just put them in front of darren for five minutes here he'll, he'll tell you it's not what you know it's what you can prove <laughs> that's very true chris absolutely 
So, yeah, no, that's it's an interesting topic. It really is an interesting topic. Mm. Who is controlling your LinkedIn? Um, I, I'm guessing that mo for most people, if they're self-employed, um, you know, then then they will be in complete control. Although, funnily enough, it's one person that uh, does work for themselves said what they said was they feel like their their output is controlled because they feel like they can't say certain things yeah um because it might influence their their ability to win more marketplace mm. so that's you know it's it's a really tricky line to to yeah. to walk on social media these days what what's acceptable for you to do what isn't what's this once they once they think their comments have blown out of proportion yeah mm. yeah absolutely so there you go but what what other subjects were the subjects of the week that's what i want to know i mean for me i think the 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 sort of the confirmation of of lockdown ending and i, I mean for me the one is 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 face mask i know we've touched on it before but but public transport you know i mean it's obviously no longer the law to do that but then there's this huge push around um having to wear face masks um on public transport the interesting pit I, and I'm thinking it's something that may affect me when I go to London is, is that they're talking about face masks have got to be used on all sort of London transport. But if you're coming from outside London to in, do you have to wear one or do you have to wear it when you get there? So, I mean, that's just going to cause quite a bit of confusion, isn't it? It is. Funnily mm. enough, I did my poll on this this morning. Okay. <laughs> uh, because, yeah, because the announcement was there that your face masks are going to be worn on, certainly on the tube. Um which I said, I can, do you know what? When it comes to the tube, I have complete sympathy with that. Mm. You know, you and I have both been on the tube before yeah. now. Um, I've been on the that tube. When all, you know, just coming out of Waterloo, going to bank early in the morning when all of the bankers are going into, and, and you are like that, you know. Yeah. There's no way in the world in the middle of a pandemic, because we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. Let's not forget that, shall we? You know, that you would not want to be wearing a mask. And a lot of people are saying, well, you know, in a lot of countries, they've always worn masks on, on public transport anyway. Um, Far East, fact, I think in Japan and Korea, I think, and maybe some of the, some of the other sort of Far Eastern countries, it's, it's quite a big sort of, I guess, almost a bit of a, a sort of a cultural traditional thing, isn't it? That it's, that it's done, isn't it, in, in some of those countries? Yeah, what's this Chris is saying? France is pushing vaccines. Uh you ongoing restrictions. Will that happen here? False. Not quite sure. Not quite sure is what there he's a typo saying. in there. There's a little typo in there. Chris, Chris, just just tweak that so that we understand that a little bit better. We'll, we'll get Something about vaccines, and we will come back to that. Yeah, what's this from Odessa? To be honest, our way of life before COVID was disgusting. Large numbers of people need great protection. The tube is hot and horrid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mouth breathers. It, it is true. It is true. I mean, I, I used to feel that a little bit when you yeah. used to sit on the, the tube and, like, there's someone next to you with an awful cold and they're like, yeah. you know, you just think, oh, ah, here we are. Or ongoing restrictions. France is pushing vaccines or ongoing restrictions. What will happen here? False. Um, yeah, well, I think we're pushing vaccines, aren't we? I think, mm. I mean, it looks like we're all going to get booster vaccines because um, we're all going to need them. Yeah. I'll come on to a story about vaccines in a minute. It's cool. It, it was frightening. It's frightening. The, it was the again, band it the, was, vac the band of vaccines or 
actual vaccines the no the actual vaccines the actual I'll, vaccine. I'll tell you about my experience yeah. of um second vaccine in a minute uh quite a, quite a frightening story again that made it into into about middle of the week um but yeah so i think we're we're pushing for booster vaccines um I mean, I see, I was reading, Graham, that Australia, because obviously they seem to sort of lock down over a really small, relatively to what we've had, a relatively small number of cases, and they put some quite extreme lockdowns in. I'm sure the number I read was something like only 10% of their population's been vaccinated, something like that. It was a number that you thought, wow. And I don't know whether, I, I think that might be partly down to supply and maybe some of the vaccines that have been approved. But, you know, they're they're almost locking down over what seemed to be I'm going to say anecdotally, 25 or 30 cases, but they've got a massive issue that they've only got 10% of the of the population um, vaccinated. And you would think an economy that size would would be further ahead, you know, maybe local production facilities who could produce it. So that, again, there's so many variations across the globe, aren't there, as to where people are and what they're locked down over. Yeah, well, I think, I think this is it. I think the issues are going to come when more people start travelling. Yeah. <laughs> Um, between countries because the, the biggest issue at the moment as far as i can see and you know you run a you run a poll or you run a you run a post on on mask wearing over here at the moment it blows up like a you know mm. a, a, a hot potato because you know there's some people very against it some people you know very pro it ultimately i mean one of the most sensible things someone said on the the um post about that was it should be down to individual choice and absolutely um, probably should be. Mm. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, and, and I think that that will continue for some time that, that individuals are going to continue to wear masks. But I, I think, I think you have to look at, uh, at public transport and they have to, they have to weigh up whether that's a particular risk, etc. Mm. Now, the, the, as I say, the, the big issue that I think comes into play is, if we've got a very different way of tackling this pandemic in this country to somewhere abroad, what happens if people are traveling to and from those countries, you know, and just one, I just wonder how, you know, how effective uh, world travel is going to be long-term. I just, I, I, again, I really don't know with that. I just mm. don't think it's necessarily going to be there. Oz has far more freedom and lower cases than us. Maybe the extreme lockdowns work when the cases are low. Yeah, that's true. Lockdowns equal local strains. Free travel equals lots of local strains in global circulation. Well, you understand that a lot better than I do, Odessa, I have to say. I mean, I you know, at the end of the day, um, I, for me, it's very, very simple. I stay at home. I don't get the, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's i just i just that's it you know mm. i go outside and uh and you know then then i have to start worrying about it but ultimately round here it's fairly low in uh, fairly low rates okay that's that's the thing you know because there's there's plenty of space between people etc i'm not i'm not convinced about um and my wife keeps telling me about this as well because she works in you know in a in an industry where it's highly risky uh, in terms of infection that but not convinced about whether it's quite as infectious as we think it is okay and whether or not actually uh it's you know it's more to do with um 
what happens when you when you interact with people. It seems funny that 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 it gets seems to get more prevalent when things are happening. Like you know, we saw some spikes during yeah. the football with males drinking together or whatever. Now those same males may have been in close proximity before, yeah. right? So is but. it is it that? But or is it more a case of? All right, John. Right, yeah, I've got the drinks. Right, there's yours. And yeah. There's yours, and there's your, and I'm handling something, and that you're putting it in your mouth. I mean, there was those. There were no numbers. Um, I think we might have mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. Where, where in, going back to the football, but still relevant, where all the people from the, the Scottish supporters travelled down to London who didn't necessarily have tickets, and didn't they record something like two thousand of those people had then caught, were then positive. So that travelling and that mass interaction. Of a, of, a, of a group of people, a huge, a big proportion of them had actually come back with positive tests on the back of the fact they'd all travelled together for a long time, been around together, as you say, face-to-face, few beers, lads, all that sort of stuff, and then gone back. So that was quite interesting that that, it, it, that to me, proved that that, that, that that created that sort of situation. Yeah, and and in indoors at some point, for part mm. of that as well because you know whereas it would you have know, to be traveling wouldn't it whether it's cars or trains or coaches or whatever you yeah know, it, it wasn't just standing outside having a beer in trafalgar square there had to be an, an element of a considerable period of close contact indoors indoors yeah mm. because some of the some of the experiments they've done with festivals or whatever especially outdoor festivals or whatever the numbers have been incredibly low mm. you know so yeah i think I'd love, I'd love us to start really trying to. I, I'm guessing it's going to happen at some point soon, but they must be looking now at all of this data that they've been trying to gather from all of these different experiments, mm. you know, over the summer or whatever with different types of event. They must be trying to get better data about what really transmits this. What's what mm. are the really dangerous um opportunities and and that's the thing until we know that data it's very difficult to legislate really and say well this is what you need to put into place in this situation and this is what you need in this situation because yeah. i'm still i still think we're we're looking for a lot of data at the moment yeah we have to get back to normal treat covid like the flu i think i think we're i think we're trying to i mean that mm. that's what um that's what saheed said isn't it that we should just try and get back to uh, you know, getting on with lives and, and treating this like the flu. It's it's going to happen that uh, it is going to happen that we're, we're going to have these booster jabs. I think. I think actually more people are going to get the flu jab as well. Is what I've heard as yeah. well going forward. I think they were, were they dropping the age sort of what's called ceiling or floor, whatever it would be, towards fifty, where wasn't it usually a, lot, a bit higher, something like that? Or more people were certainly going to be eligible for the for the flu jab. It means I get mine. After this year, there you go. Yeah, it's all going to happen. Yay! Uh, anyone want to send me a birthday card? By the way, thirtieth September this year, fifty. Okay, big five zero. Um, you know, cakes are cakes are you know acceptable as well. Um, it's the first like, thing you do, Graham, when you open a card is look for an, a, a a note or a che- what was a check like you used to do as a kid, where you open it and you sort of sort of dangle the card down and look for the cash. 
Well, I was going to say, I haven't haven't done that for a long, long time because nobody's ever given me money in a, in a card for a long, long time. But yeah, when you were, when you were a kid, yeah. Yeah. Um, And back in my day, it was a pound, like a pound note. Oh yeah. Yeah. Or a pound coin sometimes sellotaped. Yeah, but, yeah well, well, when I was a kid, pound coins didn't exist, so it was a well, pound exactly, note, yeah, yeah. right? It was a pound note. These days, the kids are like, fiver, hmm. tenner, 20. Well, that's getting more like it. Yeah. Red. Now we're talking. <laughs> now we're talking. It's like, come on, guys. You know, back in the day, a pound tapes across. You were like, yes, it's a pound. I get get a few of those i could buy some aniseed balls on the way home you know there you go it's just oh what's this i'm surprised that more people don't become eligible apparently our flu jabs are based on strains found in zero in their winter six months before our flu season oh oz oz, oz. 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 Yeah. yeah there you go yeah well I, I think more people will become eligible so anyway i'm going to tell you about my experience of having my second flu jab you didn't it, have to travel to weymouth this time did you I didn't have to travel to weymouth i managed to change so here's here's the here's the whole story so the first one i had to travel to weymouth because i tried to book my flu jab online and the system crashed twice because i put taunton in the basket and which is my nearest one and and then is the place actually called taunton in the basket or did you put taunton in the basket i put taunton in the shopping in the basket, basket okay. of, of where I wanted to have my COVID okay. jab. Okay, <laughs> in the basket. Oh, I've been to Taunton on the basket. It's wonderful, please. Um, so, yeah, ta- I put Taunton in, and then it accepted the first date, but not second date, and it crashed. So then I put Yeovil in, right? I put Yeovil in the basket, <laughs> which is a lovely little town just outside of Western Mardinster. And I, I put that in. And then that crashed. So then I phoned them up and I said, it keeps crashing. What's going on here? And they said, well, that's because we've only got first dates in those places, but not second dates because it's got to be so many weeks apart. But we can have a look and see if there's somewhere for you where you can actually book two dates as close as possible. So I just wanted to get on with the thing because I hate needles anyway. And uh, thank you. I love aniseed balls too. They are amazing. And I see balls for my birthday. Perfect. And, <laughs> and, she's loving, and Odessa's loving the accents as well. These sort of stereotypical West Country accents that you're putting well, on, Graham. I, I can't actually do a stereotypical West Country no. accent. Apparently, I've got a little twinge, but I, I, don't, I don't understand it. Anyway, so I, I managed to get, they said, oh, we can book you in at Weymouth, which is an hour's drive from here. Well, it's a good hour's drive from here, so but but they managed to book it in. So I managed to book in, and I went to a beautiful little place just outside of Weymouth. It was literally an old converted church, and it had one person in doing the injections. That was it. Oh, really? It was odd. Oh, you know what? It was it was wonderful. Went through the door. It I knocked on the door. It was a bit like the Adams family, and then walked in, and it was like, "Come on in, sit down there, and we'll do your arm." And this, and it, I was early as well. And they were like, don't worry, there's no queue. <laughs> I can see that. There was nobody else in the whole. I think there was one person in the village shop. It was lovely. So that was that was my first experience. And that she said to me, she said, well, now you've had your first one, you can probably change it on the system. You'd be okay. able to cancel the second one and book it 
where you wanted it. And she was right. I managed to do it. I was a bit, bit nervous about it because cancelling cancelling one, I didn't want it to move back. But so I managed to get to Taunton. Now, Taunton was an altogether different experience. It's at the race course. It's a big venue. Lots of people there. Some some would say too many people there. I mean, there were 10 people there to show us where to park our car. Oh, wow. Right. I mean, I know a lot. Of, I know most of these people are volunteering. Right. So it's not costing anyone money, etc. But I just wondered, is this a little bit overkill? Right. <laughs> it's like, you know, one 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 person either side of your car going this way. Yeah, yeah. This way. There. Stop. Right. Another person over there just to go that way. <laughs> you, you've been to places like that where you think. Yeah. Someone paying someone to do this because that's that's a waste of money. I know it's that way. <laughs> anyway, so then we we get in, and I went with my son. I went with my eldest son because he was due his first, and so we thought, oh, what a great idea because he doesn't drive or anything. Why not book the same day as Dad's got his second to have my first at Taunton, same time? Fine, get there, go in, um, do all of the registration bit or whatever, and then we get put into two separate lines because he's having the Pfizer jab. I'm having AstraZeneca. Yes. Right? Because that's what they're doing now. They're, they've gone back to Pfizer for, for a lot of the students or whatever. So, you know, he goes off that direction. He's like, I'm getting the better jab. He's like making, like you know, remarks to me from it. I'm getting the better jab here. This one's going to be better. Anyway, so we get through. He goes in first. He's in his little booth. And then there's a little sitting area beyond that, which I didn't have in the first one, sitting area where you wait for 15 minutes before you go anywhere. The first one, they just they said, bye. Well, it was only the one woman. Bye. And then I yeah. went. So, in fact, I went to the pub. Um, that, but that was it. And he went in. And then I went in and uh, rolled up the arm. And they, they did did all of that. Came back out. And I went to sit next to him. Or I sat, sat because it's socially distanced, sat slightly behind him. And he's like, yeah, that wasn't so bad. Yeah, you know, yes, dad, I've got the better jab. Two minutes later, he's like, like this. And he's gone bright white. Bright, there's no no word of light. Absolutely bright white. And he's like, dad, I don't feel well. And I'm thinking, really? Are you just like, and then he's like, I really don't feel well. Anyway. Here's the bit, right? And this this is what annoys me. And if you were one of those people, you should be ashamed. There were three nurses sitting in in that space in chairs just in front of our little group, right? And they their job there was to monitor the people in that little section, right? And they were all like, oh, you turn the wig. Oh, yes, you're funny. Oh, yes, Right? I was like, excuse me. And they were like, what? Any problem? Yeah. Look at him. And yeah, he's, yeah. By now he's like, oh, really? Yeah. And they're like, oh, he doesn't look too clever, does he? No. And you were meant to be watching him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Anyway, so they come over, get him, two of them, because he's a big lad. He's six foot three and he's quite, quite big. Had to lift him up and sort of walk him behind the screen. And he walks behind the screen and I just hear a so at that point, yeah, that point, I get up, I go across and whatever. And uh, he's, <laughs> by the time I get round the screen, he's sitting there looking up at me going, 
What happened? Oh, wow. <laughs> Completely out cold. Completely out cold. Because of the impact of the injection or the, the, the fact it was a needle or did they pinpoint what the problem was, Graham? No, they didn't. I mean, they, they all they did was make sure that he was breathing okay and then, you know, again, another sort of 15 minutes later, we, we could go. Um, but what was quite disturbing is when you then read up on it later on, um, there's been a, a large amount of people that have fainted um due to due to something to do with having the the, the the vaccine um a lot of it is just sort of anxiety about having it etc but there is a very small amount of fit young males who are fainting and having heart palpitations which is what he had and it's related to the fact that they've got an underlying heart condition so we're now now thinking he needs to go. He needs to check in with his doctor and go wow. and check that out just in case. So there you go. It was a scary experience. Mm. Don't let me put you off your vaccine, anybody. Do go. <laughs> it's uh, you know, it's uh, f for me. Uh, it, again, it was fine. I certainly didn't feel ill like I did last time. Certainly didn't feel ill at all. <laughs> Uh, after the first one I did the, the next day, I felt a bit, I felt a bit faint the next day and I, and I had to go to sleep for two hours in the afternoon, which I never, ever do. I cannot sleep during the day. That's a whole new story. Yeah. But it was, um, yeah, it, it just, it knocked me out for six. This time, the only thing that's been this hand, left hand, which is where they did the injection, pins and needles. Oh, wow. Yeah pins and needles in 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 that hand the whole of the next day i i literally i was trying you know when you try and text on your phone right and i use both both okay. hands and my wife was trying to get me to send a, a a photo of something i can't remember one of the kids you know we took i took a photo and she was trying to get me to send it and she's going what the hell are you doing and i'm like it's just not working <laughs> i just it just it this hand's just not working wow. i couldn't use it whole of the next day there you go but you know it got me out of the washing up there you go yeah <laughs> and carving the roast no no i did that yeah i managed to do the carving of the roast yeah it's great it's a tradition in our house roast on a sunday do you do roast on a sunday <sighs> try to not not every week just with things various people having things on Possibly me playing golf on a Sunday afternoon doesn't always allow that. So um, that that that's my bad. But um, we try to. We do try and on a you know. But it's just uh, we just have that many things going on that it it doesn't always happen. Unfortunately, you know, you just said one of my most hated sayings. My bad. What is that, Stephen? I don't know. I just thought. I'd what? Say what it's... Yeah, but what is it? Like, hang on a minute. This is. Uh, and I'm going to bring this up here for anybody that's that's out there. That are you saying I'm too old to say that, Graham? No, I'm not saying what? you're too old to say it. I just don't think anybody should say it. I just okay. really, really. I do you know what we went into a we went into a uh, retailer's one time, and and do you know when you're absolutely pissed off with with the retailer anyway, mm. right? Because they're doing everything wrong and they're not listening to you, and then you know they they haven't they haven't done things right, and then the you know when when you're trying to get an apology from them, they say my bad. I mean, just it's like red rag to a ball. That is. Mm. 
I can see. I've see. I can see. I've I've annoyed you by using that, and I will no, 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 promise never ever on Wow Ergonomics again to use the phrase that I said before that I will not say again. It was actually. It was actually. Um, it was actually the content of a very good post recently on LinkedIn okay. to do with different phrases that people use and terminology that people use and some some phrases because they're more acceptable in certain parts of the country or yeah. with certain age groups or whatever work within certain groups and with other groups they really annoy them you know which i thought was quite it's quite an interesting yeah. poll really so there you go does does the term my bad sit well or with you or do you find that annoying if, if you'd like to let us know, or if there's any other phrases that you, you yeah. really don't like people using, kushti, you know, pucker, <laughs> anything that you find just annoying when people use yeah, but those terms. But kushti's okay for our generation, Graham, because Adele boy, you see. So I think there's an element of that, that's validated. That's generational, though, isn't it? You yeah, see? well, Again, I suppose so. There you go. I'm a second-hand typer. What's that mean? Oh, oh, a two-hand type, like you. Yeah, yeah, I'm a two-hand type. That, that again, I think was a was a, I think I did a post on that as well. Do when you do when you do get to bringing it back to ergonomics, we might do slightly for five seconds. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> when you do, when you t type on a phone or device, are you one hand or two hands? Mm. Well, there's, there's a question. Are you one? Are you one-handed or two-handed? Hang on. You have to think about it now, don't you? Two, I think. Yeah. Two. You hold Hang it on. centrally. You hold it centrally and you're two fingers. Yes. Yeah. Two thumbs. Yeah. Yes, I am. No, yeah. Isn't that funny? Some things that normally you just naturally have to think, actually, what am I doing? I know. I. It is actually really interesting. It great. You need really to get over to the content coming from Odessa. There's some great stuff coming through. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yeah, well, do you know what? It normally is chicken dinner. And it's funny you should mention that. Because, again, that's a subject of a poll. What, about I, uh, what, what meat you have for a roast? No, 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 no. It's much, it much more subtle than that. I was saying that when it comes to doing the roast on the Sunday, it's mm. I call it a roast. It normally is chicken every okay. Sunday. Occasionally do pork. Now, pork I will always do in the oven, right? Yeah. But chicken, although I call it a roast, <laughs> yes. isn't actually a roast. I do it in the slow cooker, right? Because it is so easy. And it was just I, – I wanted to know what people's cheats were when it came to cooking. And there were some brilliant ones. Um, one for people like you and me when, you know, when you, you've, you've, you're out on the road and you're mm. stopping at hotels – Someone was going on about boiling eggs in kettles at hotels. Oh, really? Yeah. So they, they they literally take a packet of eggs with them, raw eggs with them. They they use the kettle. They put it into the kettle and boil boil the kettle and, and make themselves cooked eggs. Wow, I've never heard of that one before. Well, I know, nor have I. And and I, what I was thinking was not being funny, but every time I've stayed at a hotel, I've had food there. <laughs> yeah and what, what about the spoon and the egg cup you gotta yeah. take your own uh, it sounds like a lot of hassle that sounds well yeah so that, that's mad isn't it yeah i mean if... surely you go oh yes that is a great expression now you see i think that's great flipping nora 
you got to say it like that. Flipping Nora. Yeah, it's great. Who is Nora and why are we flipping her? That's what we want. <laughs> <laughs> dear, oh dear. Do you know what? It's really interesting, though, when you look into the origins of some of these terms. Yeah. Have, have you ever done that? No, but you probably have and are probably going to tell us about one Yeah, or two. well, you know, um, it's like Gordon Bennett. Yeah? Okay. Which is God and St. Benedict. Okay. So it's actually quite blasphemous. And it, but it, yeah, it comes from, it comes from that is split up into God and St. Benedict. But then, you know, over time, yeah, it's just got changed into Gordon Bennett. Cause I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? When, when, when you're a kid, you say these things because someone starts saying it and then you start saying it. And then you think you stop for a minute, you go, why am I saying Gordon Bennett's now? And who is Gordon Bennett? <laughs> well, but yeah, that's another one. Flipping Nora. Yeah, who is Nora and why are we flipping her? Yeah, yeah. Oh, this this could go on for ages. If if people if people out there while they're watching this come up with any other great terms, we'll gather them all together next week. We'll do all in, of the terms. Yeah, get them in the comments. Not too, yeah. yeah, they can't be too rude. No. But if if they're if they're half decent, then then we we'll give them a comment. So yeah, it was cheats. It was cheating at cooking. That's that's what the thing was about. So okay. my cheat is I use a slow cooker for the chicken. It's just so easy. You get up in the morning. You go downstairs. Half past seven in the morning on a Sunday, chicken out of its packaging, straight into the slow cooker, lid on, put it on one, boom, done. That's it. And then, and then all the veg, you just do do the veg. The only thing I roast is sometimes parsnip, yeah, which I put in with the potatoes and the potatoes. Mm. And I make I'm I make roast potatoes because I yes. do not do Aunt Bessie's when it comes no. to when it comes to that or or equivalents are out on the market. Nothing wrong with them, but they I I I, I just prefer my own roast potatoes. In, in improper goose fat, preferably. Goose, I was just about to say you must use goose fat. Yeah, preferably. You know, yeah. it's expensive, but you know, uh, that it is worth it. One of my one of my wonderful things that I do do with a Sunday roast, though. <laughs> I love where this is just going today. Yeah, I've got a lovely little recipe for cheat for you all out. Well, it's not a cheat. Great recipe out there for you if you're fed up of just having the usual in terms of uh, carrots, parsnips or whatever, all, all roasted or, or boiled, is I do grated parsnip. Okay. Okay. So the recipe for this is as follows. You need four uh, – it's great, isn't it? I, another week. Do you know what? I'm actually going to do a recipe and I'll cook it live. Oh, we, that, we need to do that. We did, You know, we had Wow Ergonomics on the road last week. We need We need some live cooking. I will do some live cooking. I'll set everything up and I'll do some live cooking because it just has to be done. So, grated parsnips. Okay, so what you do is you buy four or five parsnips. You get a bowl sort of that deep, glass, glass uh, perspex. Pyrex, Pyrex dish. Pyrex, Pyrex, yeah. that's it, perspex. Pyrex <laughs> dish. So I have to, I'm going to have to gem up on my words before I do this cooking, aren't I? Pyrex dish about this sort of stuff. Other glass dishes may be available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that's a brand, right? Um, you don't need a lid on it. 
and you just using a, a cheese grater, you just grate your parsnip. So obviously, top and tail them, uh, and uh, you know, peel them, peel the sides, and then just hop, big end down. Do that right and great um, until you're you've got about two inches worth of parsnip covering the bottom of your bowl, right or your dish. Okay. Yeah, then the secret ingredients. A good splashing of pepper all the way through, stir it in. A bit of salt, stir it through. You've got to remember the seasoning because otherwise it's too sweet. Then, I don't know what the, the, the quantity is, probably 350, something like that. One of the smaller double creams. Okay. You're liking this already, right? Yeah, double cream. Good. I wish yeah. it was Sunday. About this sort of size, double cream all over. Mix it in. Don't want it too wet, but you don't want it too dry either. It's just, just so that it's kind of covering everything. Then back to the cheese grater, cheese, strong, mature ch cheddar, grate it over the top of all of it. Just put it in the oven. Oh, my word. Oh, my word. Is that it's wonderful. It's a bit and like cauliflower cheese, but with parsnips. It is <laughs> it's basically. Yeah. Cauliflower cheese, but with parsnips. But. What's nice about it is if you don't necessarily like parsnips, you might actually like this. It's got a bit of it's pop. Got a, a ton of it's got a ton of dairy on it to mask the taste. It's it's just a different taste mm. and a and a different texture. Now she knows that I burnt some turkey dinosaurs the other day. <laughs> I was trying to I was trying to multitask, do many mm. things at once, and I burnt some turkey dinosaurs slightly. They they got they got fringed edges, um, but yeah, that's that's a, you know that's a really good recipe. So that and you've got to have got to have Yorkshire puddings. Yeah, you know, um, my little one, who's uh, five, Yorkshire puddings are his favourite. Out of the whole meal, he, he could just eat a plate of Yorkshire yeah. puddings. To be honest, couldn't we? So, all? Yeah, yeah, no. I, I could definitely there was a pub that i used to go to in bedford that did the most amazing yorkshire pudding meals right but giant yorkshire puddings mm. yeah and virtually everything on the menu was a yorkshire pudding you could they had sweet yorkshire puddings and savory yorkshire puddings but my favorite was get this a tikka yorkshire pudding <sighs> nice it is. It really. Do you know what? It's so wrong, but it's so nice. And it literally had big Yorkshire pudding, tikka in there, a little bit of rice as well. So you actually get a little bit of spicy rice mixed into it and whatever. It absolutely gorgeous. Great. We've got another one here for Wow Ergonomics on the road, haven't we? That what? pub. That pub. Yeah. Well, it's a bit far for you to get over to, to Bedford for a one-hour one hour production, isn't it? It, but... it is now. I hope it's still there. I really hope it's still there. It's not far. If you ever go to Bedford, it's not far from the John Bunyan um, statue. Okay. All right. In fact, I even think the pub is called the John Bunyan. So there we go. Um, but that, I just honestly, if you ever, if anyone's ever been to a pub that specialises in Yorkshire pudding meals, do tell us about it. Yeah. Um, and as Stephen's travelling around the country, what what area do you cover? Just the whole of the country. The whole of the country, right? Yeah. So it could be anywhere. anywhere, an island. 
and Ireland as well. Oh my word! I ah yeah. So look, you know, if <laughs> this could become a great feature, if you've got if you if you are in a particular part of the country, you've got a great pub, local restaurant, or whatever that Stephen could visit while he's <laughs> in a particular area. He might try and do it while he's on the road. Okay. I, I, I tell you what, Ireland's dangerous, though, you know, mm. especially uh, I love my last trip to Belfast. Yeah, me and Guinness, friends. So, yeah, it's great. And, and it does taste different over there. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Definitely, definitely tastes different. Uh, it's no accident, I don't think, that the the airport is quite a long way from the, the city centre. And that you have to get a taxi. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think I think otherwise you'd have people trying to drive. And it that wouldn't wouldn't be a Who good shouldn't idea. Be. Yeah. Who shouldn't be? Yeah. What's this one? What makes me really angry, just by mentioning is John Malkovich. He's <laughs> what? Random, but hey, there's no no, there's no but no body, I don't think, that makes make, makes me that angry. Not, not in particular. No. Again, one for next week. Who makes one, you really angry? One for next week. Anyway, listen, it's been great, uh, great doing this again today. Oh, I've gone over in terms of time, haven't I? Because you wanted to get away quick today. I did have a um, a slight diary conflict, but um, yeah, we're fine. No problem. Okay. Sorry. That's Slap right. Wrist. I, I completely forgot. I, I was enjoying. I, I can I see enjoying. my phone. Yeah, my phone was flashing. I just turned it over. So, um, yeah, whatever. I, I I was enjoying the the you know uh, the the parsnip story so much. But uh, we will do that another week. Yeah. Another week we will have cooking. Is there anything in particular that you'd like me to cook? Mm. I don't know, but we've got to think about time frame, haven't we, in terms of prepping, cooking, and tasting? So I think we need to have a little think about that, don't we? What can we do within the the confines of an hour? If I could get if I could get uh, my wife to teach me how to do her flapjacks, that might be a good one. Mm. Yeah, flat the flapjacks. What what I'd have to try and do though to make it really really good is pre do a batch, and then send one to you in the post. Yes, right. And then once I've finished cooking, I can sort of go like that, and then you could and I go do like that. Oh, hang on like like that, that to way. the side. Yeah, yeah, I go like that. No, wait a minute. I go like that. And you do that, and then you'd eat it, and that would be great, wouldn't it? And you go, oh my word, that was delicious, and it's yeah. still hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One for yeah. the future. One for the future. Anyway, Stephen, nice to see you again. You too. Uh, thanks to all of our uh, people that have been watching today and legion of followers. Yeah, no, it's great. To, great to have some great comments today throughout. That was that was wonderful. Um, if you're watching this on catch up. Hope you've enjoyed the recipes uh, as much as uh, I enjoyed giving them to you. Um, and, and do send me any recipes that you've got because I'd, I'd be willing to give one a bash on air. But for now, bye for now. You've been listening to Wow Ergonomics, sponsored by Backer Alkaisen.